Ephesians chapter number 6. And uh, I uh, just want to say a, a word or two. I, I, next, uh, next hour, next uh, service, our afternoon service, Brother Byron will be preaching for us. And uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I have a heart for what his ministry is in that there's a lot of... Um, a lot of ministries that are closing down their their doors, and uh, a lot of pastors quitting the ministry, leaving the ministry. Uh, a lot of missionaries that are coming home. We had a, a couple from England in our church in Florida that came home, retired for health reasons, and they were in our church for two years. Sweet family, had been on the missionaries for thirty over thirty years in England, and after two years in our church, they came with tears streaming down their face and said they were going back to England. And my dad asked them, said, well, you know, why are you going back? And they said, because we've not got anybody yet that will replace us in England. And there are more missionaries returning from the field than there are going. And so the, the ministry that the Cromwells have, I believe, is a, a necessary ministry. I don't think it's one that you look at and say, well, it's just a, a supplemental ministry. I believe it's vitally important what they're doing. And so I, I would ask if our church would to, to take a prayer card and let's pray fervently for them uh, because they're doing a work that could salvage a ministry. And um, only eternity will be able to tell over the years uh, the impact that just a short term or a, a nine or ten month stay in the country will have uh, long term in the light of eternity. And so be praying for them, if you will. Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. There are times uh, in, in pastoring and preaching that I, I try to pray about um, what the needs of our church are as far as uh, what the Lord would have us to preach on or teach from His Word to try to be a help to our people. And um, this morning, there's uh, I've got a, a real burden on my heart, uh, not because I believe that our people have this problem, but because of what I've seen in recent days in our country and around the world and some things that are being said and things that are being done and uh, something that hopefully will be an encouragement to us uh, as to what we can do. Uh, regarding it. And so I want you to be praying for the message <coughs> this morning. We'll begin reading in verse number 10. Paul, as he finishes up his letter to the church at Ephesus, says, Finally, my brethren, and by the way, I want to just stop and say this. When he ends his books and his letters that he writes to these folks, uh, many times Paul saves uh, something that's of, of very much importance to be his final thing, the last thing he says to them before he signs off. And the reason he does that is uh, he wants that to be the thing that they remember the most. And so he, many times he will save something toward the end of his letter that he wants them to keep in mind from this point moving forward. And I believe that's the case here as we get to this portion of the letter. And he says in verse number 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers 
against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Father, I pray that you'll bless the message this morning and speak to hearts. Lord, you know the burden of my heart, and I pray that you would help over the next few moments that your word will direct and guide us in some areas that will help us to make an impact and a difference in the world that we live in today. That we will be able to raise the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ in such a way that this world will see it. Father, I pray that you would help us to remain faithful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we get to verse number 10, Paul is admonishing the church in Ephesus a couple of things. And first he starts off by saying, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, I understand the idea of uh, working out and uh, doing things to exercise and to gain strength. Your pastor is a very athletically fit uh, <laughs> But there was a day, there was a day when I was younger that I was into exercise and enjoyed playing sports a lot, and not so much now, but uh, did back then. And uh, Paul is not talking here about physical strength, although I think that there's a lot to be said for having the physical stamina to be able to accomplish the work physically that God's given for us to do. But Paul's emphasis here is not on the physical part of it, but is on the spiritual part of being strong. And he makes this statement that we're to be strong in the Lord. It's not of ourselves. I fear a lot of times that the work and the labor that we do is often in our own strength and using our own tactics and our own sources and our own methods. And at best, we are frustrated and floundering in accomplishing a work for the Lord Jesus Christ. The idea being that we are to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now let me ask you a question this morning. How strong is our God? What is His might? Is, is, it, is it limited? Is, it, is there a, an amount that you can go to and then that's as, all, that's as far as God has, as far as His strength? God is omnipotent, isn't He? He's all-powerful. There is no limit. There is no exhausting His power. And so we're to be strong. In the, and I like the way Paul words this. He says, in the power of His might. The power of His strength. If we are to rely upon the strength of our Lord Jesus Christ, then there is no limit to what can be accomplished and what can be done for Him. It's when we begin to do it within our own strength and our own power that we begin to get frustrated and we, we look around and we think, why is nothing being done here and nothing being accomplished? Then he goes on to say in, in verse, number, uh, verse number 11, put on the whole armor, and I want you to notice the next two words, 
Put on the whole armor. What does the Bible say there? Of God. Whose armor is it? It's God's armor, isn't it? It's something that He provides for us. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And I want you to notice an implication that is made in this passage of Scripture that is not stated but is understood. And that is this. There is no discussion or debate about whether or not the wiles of the devil will be coming. The understanding is they are coming and are already here. But the idea being that the Christian then is to take on the whole armor of God. That when those wiles come, not if, but when, that we are able to stand. Now we're standing with armor. The armor is protecting us. And it is His armor, but we're also standing in His strength, are we not? So we must have His strength and we must have His armor. These two requisites are so important and critical to what Paul's getting ready to say here. He goes on to say in verse number 12, For we wrestle not, notice this verse, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Do you see that? Read it carefully. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Notice Paul is not saying that we are not wrestling. Paul is saying we're just not to be wrestling with flesh and blood. But we are wrestling, are we not, with those things that the Bible speaks of here as spiritual wickedness in high places. Principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. Now think about this for a few moments this morning. It seems like the day and age, and this is the thrust of the message this morning, that the day and age that you and I live in is that far too often you and I are fighting the wrong enemy. You and I are fighting the wrong enemy. It's amazing me to see how many Christians fight each other and fight one another and criticize different ministries and different churches and different organizations and they are not at all focusing on the enemy that we are supposed to be fighting. I know ministries, I know men that I have looked up to over the years and respected that have spent the vast majority of their time and the resources that God has entrusted for them to do His work, doing a work of fighting another man or another ministry. The Bible teaches us that we are not to be wrestling against flesh and blood. If we're not to be wrestling against flesh and blood, then what are we to be wrestling against? Well, let's look what the Bible says here. We're to be wrestling against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Let me ask you a question. Who's the ruler of the darkness of this world? Satan. Who's the prince of the power of the air? Satan. That's our wrestling. Our wrestling does not uh, entail something of physical strength, but it certainly entails something of spiritual strength. Would you agree with me on that? If that's the case... What strength are we relying on? Are we trying to fight this spiritual battle on our own? Are we trying to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps spiritually and try to live the best we can and do the best we can? I've talked to people before and they say, Well, preacher, I'm just doing the best I can. 
That's not good enough. We need to be doing the best that He can because we're relying on His power and His might. We find here in verse number 12 that we're wrestling these spiritual things. I'll be honest with you, I've looked around and tried to watch carefully our world and the condition that we are in. I look at the way that the prince of this world, this prince of darkness, has done all that he can to corrupt our society, to cause men and women to gleefully rejoice and celebrate the murdering of innocent babies. And folks, I'm not embarrassed and I'm not ashamed to say it, and it is not hate speech, but folks, it is still wrong to commit an abortion. I'm so thankful the other night we've been praying for a young lady down in Florida, and Brother Harold texted me late Wednesday night and said that she had decided not to have the abortion she was thinking about getting. Lord, I'm so thankful for that. But yet we saw this week, as one of the states of our nation made legal to abort a baby even up to the point of birth. We find that our nation, our society as a whole, has been corrupted and gleefully so. It seems that they're rushing down the road of destruction with the smile on their face and joy in their hearts at doing so. Somebody's got to wrestle it. Somebody's got to come into the rink and say, we're not going to allow this to continue to go on. We're going to begin raising a moral standard that is an absolute from a holy God once again, and we're going to raise the standard high. We're going to come to a world that is desperate for an authority in their life that draws the boundaries and draws the lines and says this is right and this is wrong. And it is up to God's people to do so. But it's going to depend upon our wrestling, our willingness to get our hands dirty, our willingness to wrestle with the principalities and the powers. And lest we think we can do it in a casual way, the Bible says that we must require two things. The power of God, the strength of God, His might. And we must require His armor. I fear that in the day and age that we live, we are lacking severely in both of those. It's not that we have a lot of people who are ignorant to the condition of our world and our society as a whole. It's not that we are ignorant. I know that if we were to go around the room, most of us could talk about things that happen in our society, that are wrong. When a mother who is pregnant with a child is murdered and they charge the man with a double homicide, saying that two lives were taken, but yet they take a life of a fetus in a mother's womb when it's her choice, saying that it's not a life. When we find that there are those that have more concern over animals and their treatment than they are about children and their treatment. Our society is in a plague of problems. And the answer, I'll tell you, it does not lie in Washington, D.C. It doesn't lie in legislation. It doesn't lie in the Supreme Court. 
lies in the hands of God's people holding up a standard of God's Word and saying that there is a God in heaven who tells us what is right and what is wrong. It's not been for a lack of willingness of God's people to wrestle. It's not been for a lack of willingness of God's people to say, Lord, we will follow you. But I am reminded of the three men who came to Christ And they all three said, Lord, we will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. But let me first. And you can put anything you want to after those words. And rest assured, we've got our priorities out of order. For the problem is not a lack of willingness. The problem is a lack of willingness to put God first. We'll give him a place, we just don't give him first place. We make him a priority, we just don't make him the priority. We, we go to a world and we, we say that we are interested in getting the gospel message to them. We just don't think that it's the first priority. It's somewhere down the list. Paul tells... The church at Ephesus, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And by the way, folks, they're coming and they're already here. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, and that ought not be where our direction is, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I say this this morning, we're fighting the wrong enemy. We spend our time, our effort, our resources fighting one another. And I believe Satan sits back and laughs at the people of God as they consume the resources and the time and the labor and the effort that God has given them fighting the wrong enemy. Wherefore, Paul says in verse 13, Take unto you the whole armor of God. We must have two things. We must have God's power, His might. We must have His armor. Let's look at the armor for a moment and we'll be done. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. The idea of withstand is the idea of standing with continuing to stand even in the face of opposition. Uh, When I was in Florida, we had a great illustration of this. There were times that thunderstorms would come up, and we would, up here in Missouri, we have some very much like this. They would have sometimes winds that would be 50, 60, sometimes even 70 or 80 miles an hour in a thunderstorm. And I had trees in my backyard, and uh, usually when those thunderstorms came, it would knock a few limbs, dead limbs out of the tree, but the tree stood solid and stood there throughout that storm. But you send a hurricane along where they have sustained winds for a long period of time. And if a tree did not have its roots sunk deep into the ground, if the tree was not well anchored and strengthened over time with that wind continuously beating against the tree, there were so many times I watched as trees that I thought would never fall. We'd walk out of our house and they would be laying on the ground with a huge Ball of roots uprooted out of the ground. Why? 
Because even though they might have stood during the thunderstorm, they could not withstand the continuous onslaught of the wind. Can I tell you this? As we put on the armor of God, the whole armor of God, it allows you and I to withstand the onslaught of Satan. The wiles that continue to bombard us, the evil that continues to be pummeled against us, you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. He says in verse 14, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Whose truth? Whose truth? God's truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Whose righteousness? God's righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Whose gospel? God's gospel. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Whose faith? God's faith. You say, Brother Greg, aren't we supposed to have faith? Yes, but we can't have it unless God gives it to us. The Bible says in the book of Romans, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Isn't it amazing that while God demands faith of us, He also gives it to us. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation. Whose salvation? God's salvation. The psalmist said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, which is the Word of God. And we focus a lot of times, I've heard a lot of messages preached on the armor of God. Can I tell you this? It's all His. If we are going to wrestle the way that we are supposed to, and we are supposed to wrestle, we must have God's might and we must have His armor. And there's one thing yet that is lacking that I'm thankful we have chapter and verse divisions. But when Paul was writing this letter, he was writing it as a letter. And he doesn't stop there. He goes on to say in verse number 18, what's the next word? Praying. Probably one of the most forsaken graces of the Christian life. Praying. Oh, I'm not saying we don't pray at mealtime. I'm not even saying that we don't have a time to pray during our devotion time. But do we get in an attitude of praying without ceasing? Do we get in an attitude where we are in constant communion with God? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching with all what? Perseverance and supplication, notice this, for all saints. We're supposed to persevere in prayer. We need the might and the power of God. We need His armor. And Paul says we're to be praying without ceasing. We're to be praying with perseverance. But notice what we're to be praying for. What does it say? Thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You mean that means I'm supposed to be praying for Brother Keith? I'm supposed to persevere in prayer? I'm supposed to labor in prayer? I'm supposed to be constant in prayer for him? That he can withstand the wiles of the devil? That he can have the might of God? Absolutely. Does that mean I have to pray for Miss Florence? Yes. 
Brother Wayne, Brother Jim, the Cromwells, Miss Pammy. We're to persevere in prayer for all saints. Probably one of the greatest things lacking is our, in our Christian lives is this thing of praying one for another. There used to be a day when I used to try to say, when someone gave me something that was a burden to them, I would say something along this line, I'll be praying for you. I wish I could do more. But can I tell you this? I heard a fellow say this one time, you can do more than pray after you have prayed. But you can never do more than pray until you have prayed. Praying is the greatest thing we can do one for another. Why? Because we're not wrestling against the flesh and blood. If we were wrestling against flesh and blood, you know what we would be doing? If I, if I knew this afternoon that, that Brother Ron was going to have to have a match, if I knew that in three weeks he was going to have to have a, a wrestling match with somebody that was bigger and stronger than him, you know what I'd be doing for the next three weeks? I'd be working with him on his diet and his exercise. And I say, Brother Ron, let's, let's get up at 6 in the morning and let's go. Well, I'll let you run. I'll follow in the car. And, uh, and I'd be, you know, I'd be getting, helping get him ready because I know in three weeks he's got a match. If I knew Brother Harold had to do, what is it you do, judo? If I knew he had a judo match, not that I know anything about judo, but I'd get behind him and support him. And I'd do what I could to encourage and strengthen if I knew Brother Keith had to have some fight in the next few days, I, I would want to come and support him. If I knew it was against flesh and blood, it'd be easy to do, wouldn't it? We, we could show up, we could give our support, we could do all we could to encourage them along the way, to cheer them on, to try to help them with conditioning and getting in shape and getting strengthened for the battle. And yet when we realize that we do not wrestle flesh and blood, but we wrestle, wrestle principalities and powers, how little we do to help one another. How little encouragement there is. We sit around and we enjoy the times of fellowship and we sit and complain and we even shake our heads and are appalled at the condition our world is in. We talk about how terrible it is that this happened or that happened. Can I tell you this? We need to be praying one for another that we will wrestle. That we will get involved in the right battle with the right foe and the right opponent. With God's strength and with God's armor. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance. And supplication for all saints. And then Paul tells them, I want you to pray for each other. But then he says this, And for me. And for me. It doesn't hurt to ask somebody to pray for you. In fact, it's probably one of the greatest honors that we can give another person. The honor of praying for us. When we ask someone to pray for us, what we're saying is we believe that you have enough of a relationship with God that we value your prayers.
Paul said, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, and therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Folks, we're living in some dire days. I was talking to the um, Brother Ray, Miss Jean, this morning, the Whiteners, and I was. I said, you know, I, I I don't want to say goodbye to anybody else. I just want us to all go up in the rapture together, and we don't have to worry about saying goodbye again. But folks, we've got a great work to do until then. Until that time comes, we are to be busy wrestling. And I asked the question this morning, are we wrestling the right enemy? One of two things typically I find in my life. Number one, either I'm not wrestling, or number two, I'm usually wrestling the wrong person. The question this morning is, are we wrestling the right opponent? Are we fighting the right enemy? Some of us may look in our hearts and realize, boy, I've not done anything to uphold the Word of God in this world. I've not done anything to share the gospel with anybody else. I've not done anything to teach the Bible to anyone else. I'm not wrestling at all. And then some may say, you know, I've wrestled, but I've been wrestling the wrong enemy. If you're going to do it, you're going to need some things. You're going to need God's might. You're going to need... God's armor. And you're going to need the prayers of the saints. You're going to need people praying. And we need to be praying one for another. Let's stand together, shall we, with heads bowed. Father, we're thankful for your word. Just a simple message. Nothing extraordinary. But Lord, your word and your truth is amazing. I pray that you'd help us. Lord, we live in such dire times. My heart breaks. Lord, I I don't know where our world's going to end up. If somewhere along the way we don't raise the standard high again, with boldness, with your might and your power, Lord, I pray that you'd help us this morning to realize and understand the enemy that we're fighting the cause that we're fighting for, the methods that are needed, the strength that is needed, the armor that is needed. And Father, to commit ourselves wholly to the pursuit of those things. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us and empower us to accomplish the work in this world that you would see us fit to do. That you would enable us, that you would equip us, Father, I pray that you would help us to encourage one another, to strengthen one another, to pray for one another in this great work you've given us to do. Bless the invitation time, Lord, and speak to hearts. It's just our people here today. Lord, we're so often have preached on salvation. We don't ever want to make the assumption that everyone here has trusted you as their Savior. Lord, if that's the case, I pray that today would be their day of coming forward and allowing us to take your word and show them how they can be saved. But Father, the message this morning has been primarily to people who are your children. I pray that you would help our eyes to be opened. That you would help us to be alert and awakened 
to this great need. Father, you did not at all tell us not to wrestle. You just wanted us to make sure we were wrestling the right foe. That we were doing it the right way with the right equipment. Father, I pray that you would help us to take heed to these things. Lord, our world is in such a mess today because for far too long I believe your people have lost this truth, have not held to it. So, Father, enable us and strengthen us for the task at hand, we pray in Jesus' name.